It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Yakuza. Yakuza! Yakuza Kick Radio! 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 This is the bulldozer, Matt Tremont. That there's one place to listen to on the internet every Thursday, 9 p.m. Yakuza Kick Radio. Tremont says so. Who wants some? God help us, Jesus! God and baby, Jesus! Help us! Ladies and gentlemen of fucking America, this is Danny Havoc, and you have been listening to, or possibly are intending to listen to, the Yakuza Kick fucking radio. Fucking, yeah! Yakuza Kick radio. Hell fucking yeah! My name is Justice Payne, and you are listening to Yakuza Kick radio. You're coming to come on Thursday night in this is a brotherhood, and we all stick together. Like my nuts. I ain't scared of you, motherfucker. Yakuza Kick Radio, the best in internet wrestling radio, period, bar none, just like Adam Cole. Everybody's a cunt but me in the world. I don't know what it is. But you go to the back, and you tell your boss that there's a new Yakuza in town. And Yakuza Kick Radio, and we're taking over. Yakuza Kick Radio has risen from the ashes of bad internet radio and become the premier place for any independent professional wrestler to stop and record their voice. Well, this is Mr. Insanity Toby Klein, and if you're not listening to Yakuza Kick Radio, then you're weird. Oh, I don't like the cut of your jib, fella. This is Greg Excellent, bearded dragon of the Northeast. You're listening to Yakuza Kick Radio. If you're not, you're probably watching porn and you have this muted. You should be listening to it, Jason Mann. Where are Biggie and Tupac? Yakuza Kick Radio. Give a nigga rope on that cowboy, guys. All you have to do is listen to Yakuza Kick Radio, but you couldn't. Now look at that doctor, homie. Fuck that. Black me. Bullshit, man. Motherfucker. Fuck you. Fuck you and fuck you. Who's next? And now, ladies and gentlemen, for the introduction. Hosted by J. Cat Morris. You are now listening to Yakuza Radio. I said, didn't I tell your punk ass boy he couldn't handle no goddamn cook? Are you listening when I tell the faggot he couldn't handle? Now I'm telling your short ass he can't handle no goddamn milk cook. Welcome to Yakuza Kick Radio. I'm your host, J. Cal Morris. It's, oh, what the fuck day is it? I never know what day it is when I do this fucking show. I have to look at the corner of the computer. It's uh, February 15th, 2019, and it's uh, Friday. Yeah, it's a Friday. Um, So, yeah, I just figured I'd do another show because I did, um, you know, Monday with the great death match, Russell. And, um, you know, I didn't cover anything. I didn't hit any kind of news or even touch on the Hall of Fame ceremony over the weekend. So I definitely wanted to chime in and um, 
you know, throw one down real quick. You know, um, Shaheen hit me up with a bunch of topics and uh, appreciate that. So I'm going to run down some of the things that he listed there. And then, um, you know, well, first, I should say, uh, we'll go over the uh, Hall of Fame thing and my thoughts and on, on that whole. Uh, all right. So CZW Hall of Fame. Um, they had their 20-year anniversary show. I have heard very little about it because that's really the type of buzz that CZW has right now is there's really not a lot of people talking about it in general. Um, and that's, I mean, it's, that's really not taking any kind of shot at it or anything. It's just straight up honesty. Like I, I don't hear many people talking about it. There's some people that used to talk a lot more about it that you just don't hear it from anymore, you know? So, um, but yeah, anyway, so they seem to have done a good job from, you know, the the pictures I saw and, you know, the results, I feel like they put together something a little bit more special than Cage of Death really was put together as. Cage of Death 20 didn't seem like a big special event. You know, it seemed like, eh, Cage of Death. And, I mean, they closed out with a good cage match. And, you know, I mean, we did the whole review on it, uh, myself and Sozio. So you can go back and see exactly how I felt about it. But, again, um I don't think they pulled out all the stops and brought back the old names, I guess, with the anniversary show right around the corner. It's tough to do it twice. Um, so, you know, I mean, there's there's that. But um, I, I feel like they definitely brought in a bunch of names. Again, I am I, I don't give a fuck, man. I, I'm not going to pretend like it's a complete coincidence. I've been yelling about different names, um, one for the past about eight years. And uh, the others, you know, we went over the day before Sozio got the call to do, a, um, you know, an induction. And, you know, from a, a company who was really not inducting anyone. Um, and uh, you know, they were doing them, you know, one at a time and here and there. But obviously, you know, uh, the 20th anniversary, it, it, it does make sense to set it off big. But it does seem kind of crazy and uh, coincidental that, um, you know, we listed B-Boy was already announced. So I feel like that was 100% in the works. But then we talked about um, Messiah. We talked about Adam Flash. about Sanjay. Um, and we talked about Lefisto. All those those guys were brought up on the show. You know? And, um, so all very deserving candidates for sure, uh, or inductees, I should say, um, guys, I, some of those should have definitely been in there a long time ago. Um, but the one that they finally, finally did after all of these years and, um, you know, I, I've harped on it year in year out and, you know, to be a hundred percent honest. And, you know, we went over this, we went over the, uh, what ifs and, uh, how would we feel? And maybe it's too late and this and that, but to me, it just had to have been done. It had, it had to be done, whether it was way down the road or right away, like it should have been, it should have been right away immediately, um, upon his passing. Of course, I'm talking about Trent acid and, um, the the thing is, is he just had to be in there. If CCW closed, I'd want them to go back into the record books and just put his name on the Hall of Fame list, and, or put uh, John Zandig's name on the Hall of Fame list. Again, I'll 
I'll go back to that because that's unfinished. But um, but Trent was such a staple for what built CZW. So you got to understand, and uh, you know some of these stories uh, you've heard before. So forgive me if uh, it's a little redundant. But I first met um, Johnny and Trent. They were doing a show in Tom's River, and uh, it was a full uh, a tag ladder match, TLC match, and it was uh, Trent and Johnny, the back seats, versus um, Nick Burke and Rick Blade. I didn't know any one of these guys. I've never seen these guys before. Um, and uh, it's it suddenly, you know, at the time, the Edge and Hardys, Edge and Christian and the Hardys were doing their thing on TV, and, like, everyone was talking about their ladder matches. So it was clear that, like, when these guys were going into these matches and doing what they were doing, um, they were they were out there to do some innovative stuff that was going to top what was going on on TV currently. These guys were clearly trying to make some kind of splash and open some eyes and be like, oh, i uh, never seen that before, you know, because the crowd was like 50 people I mean, at that, if that. It was a tiny little indie show, and um, that that's what I saw. So after the show, I just had to go like, guys, Jesus, you know, that, that was amazing. Like, <laughs> crazy shit. I've never seen anything like that. Because, again, it was so small and intimate that, I mean, you were going to see all these guys just standing around after the show, like, all right, whatever. Um, so I went and I talked to them and stuff, and, you know, that's when I got the, hey, dude, if you like that, you'll love uh, CZW. We do this in Sewell. I never even heard of Sewell, New Jersey. And um, so, you know, they're telling me, like, yeah, no, you got this and that. And I was asking them some question, you know, who's your champion and, you know, who, you know, did they bring anyone in? I know. And it was Tajiri and Super Crazy were like the big names that were coming in on the uh, crushing competition show, which was February 2001. And, and uh, you know, that drew me over there to attend that, um, you know, to start my, my fandom of the indies, really. Um, the Backseat Boys and Rick Blade, you know, um, nothing against Nick Burke. And I think Nick Burke's a complete piece of shit, but... um. I'm not saying this as a slight to Nick Burke, but um, Nick Burke played his role in the match and all that. Um, but the backseat stood out and Rick Blade doing swantons to the floor on a ladder stood out, you know, um, nothing wrong with what Burke was doing at all. But um, those were the ones that were like, I need to see more of what the fuck these guys are up to. This is, this is crazy shit. So um, we ended up going out there and um, you know, that, that started my indie fandom or even knowledge of that there was actually like high caliber performances being put on on the indies because as far as i knew it was just like what i now know is shindies and the stuff on tv the stuff on tv was like you know these guys were you know performing at a high level you had the uh wcw wwe and, and then you had uh you know ecw and stuff like that so those those were like the type of things that uh were going on as far as TV wrestling um you know before that to me you know i i just didn't have like the visibility of the indies or knowledge that there was you know good shit going on so you know i went out to Sewell and you know immediately got introduced to all these different names that you know i never saw before and the ultra violence 
clearly jumped off the page because, you know, all of a sudden they were setting tables on fire, wrapped in barbed wire and coming off of, uh, it was like, a you know, one of those soccer, like ref stands, you know, like a, almost like a lifeguard chair, like high up off of that shit through flaming tables and like just, just crazy shit I've never seen before. So, um, that got me going and everything like that. But to connect the two things of what I'm saying is the, the next thing you saw as far as uh, CZW and, and you know, the way I was watching it was soon coming up after that would be the best of the best tournament. And the best of the best tournament was, was that. I mean, they really brought in the best talent out there. I mean, when you saw what they were putting on, I mean, you had the Briscoes at their very youngest they were like as, as young as possible, but went out there and, and when they wrestled each other, it was like this, this unbelievable happening in CZW where it was like, look at this fucking crazy match. These guys are dropping each other on their head. It was like every type of tiger suplex, dragon suplex, fucking like, you know, doing the no cell spots where like one head drops worse than the next one. And then, it, you know, after a couple, they fucking lay there dead, you know. I mean, they were beating the shit out of each other at a very young age, doing some innovative stuff. Plus, you know, you saw all the different type of, you know, Red and the SAT, and, like, those guys were hitting the scene and really making names for themselves all over the place, including CZW being one of them. Um, but, you know, the star, the CZW guy, was Trent Acid. And that whole tournament was built around Trent Acid. You know, anybody that starts this nonsense that, oh, CZW uh, death matches uh, were all CZW was about until DJ took over and DJ tried to inter- inter- introduce wrestling to it because it was all light tubes and, and death matches before that. That's bullshit. It's always been bullshit. I've always taken offense to it. At a certain point, I had to stop arguing with these fucking people because they just don't know. They weren't there. They don't give a fuck. They, they saw a couple of those extreme action DVDs and are like, that's how it used to be. Like, you're a fucking idiot. If you looked at any show top to bottom, you didn't see six death matches. Uh, you know, I really have rarely seen a show with six death matches that wasn't either a death match tournament. Um, Ian would occasionally run like non death match tournament, death match shows. And then um, GCW. Those are really the only companies I've seen that would put on, you know, consistent five death matches on a show or four death matches on a show. It's just not the standard um, thing. And CCW definitely wasn't about that. It's funny when people say that, you know, all death matches, all death matches. They did a little bit of stuff here and there on the um, the Sewell shows. But when I started going in Sewell, they had really the, the shit hit the fan with the um, State Athletic Commission in New Jersey. So they weren't really able to do like full on fucking death matches or anything like that in Jersey. They were running to Delaware to do death matches. And even on those death match, quote unquote, death match shows. I mean, you saw two, maybe three death matches on the show. Um, I mean, they were major for what was going on on the indies. They were fucking major, major death matches. The shit they were doing was topping anything out there, especially on the East Coast. The only thing that even rivaled it at all was what um, Ian was doing. So, um, it was just like a complete false statement always that death matches was all CCW was ever about. Um, but that, 
that company on the wrestling side of things was really around. Trent Acid was the guy. I mean, Justice Payne was another guy. He was their, uh, you know, their world champion. He's another guy who 100% belongs in that fucking Hall of Fame, like hands down. Um, a lot of people don't like him. They, uh, they bash his wrestling ability and this and that. And all of that's fine, but, like, the dude carried a torch for a while. Um, legitimately. I, again, it doesn't make sense to go with the Justice Payne thing now because uh, we're talking about Trent. So uh, the company was completely built around the wrestling of Trent Acid. And what the Backseat Boys were doing uh, at the time, they had split up and they were fighting each other. Johnny was like the uh, underdog face, and um, he was like going kind of hardcore and shit. That's like around the time where you got the uh, Unf Unbelievable match, which was Johnny and Justice Payne, two really non-death match guys, up against Sick Nick Mondo and June Kasai, two of the top deathmatch guys of all time and Kasai being the absolute top. So it's crazy because when you reflect on that match, to me, that was one of the best death matches of all time. Just the way it was worked, the the way everything came together, it really launched June Kasai on the um, U S scene really opened everybody's eyes to what this guy was all about. And his, his, uh, you know, his, his capabilities, he's just unbelievable on F and blue. Um, so, that's you know that that's what they were doing deathmatch wise, and you could see um, as far as the split went, best of the best one. The only reason it didn't go to Trent is because the whole gimmick was to have Johnny screw Trent out of the best of the best, um, and also put Winger over. I'd heard different rumors about that being like a favorite of Winger because I guess uh, Rick Blade heard him or some kind of shit. At least that's what I heard at the time. But either way. Uh, you know, Winger was a suitable guy to win a tournament and bring eyeballs to the company too, because he's a big Japanese star. So, um, Yick came into the tournament. Yeah, I, he I think lost early in the tournament, and then came back with Winger's mask on. Did like a switch switch deal, attacked Trent, and it aided in Winger winning the tournament. Um, so so that was like you know part of that. Best of the best two was won by Trent Acid. Um, you know, years, year upon year, you saw these type of matches, you know, Trent and Ruckus, Trent and, um, his, his feud, he had a feud with Blade. Obviously there was always like the Blade Mondo backseats deal. Um, I mean, he, he feuded with Homicide coming in the company. I mean, so many just classic things that he did over the years. And, um, you, you go back on his work and it was just incredible. Um, so, you know, when you have a company that's getting a negative stigma, you have a company that's that's being labeled as just a deathmatch company and this and that. Again, false statements. Um, the guy that you lean on and you give the credit for giving your company credibility and giving you, you know, a main CZW guy, uh, a torch carrying CZW guy. Trent Acid, I mean, was that guy. And he, he was what the rest of the Indies could look at and go, okay, well, you know, I'll, I'll take CZW as as a serious deal. They wouldn't just see the uh, the light tube match and this and that and go, ah, they're just, they're just garbage, you know. Trent Acid really, um, you know, put them at a place where it, it was more respectable. And if they brought in somebody of top 
caliber, they could just throw him right up against Trent Acid. It wouldn't even be, you know, a second thought. So, um, you know, for him to actually uh, be passed over all these years for what he was for CZW, um, you know, again, personally responsible for drawing me as a fan, and I'm a fan who attended for over 10 years every fucking month. So, he, as far as a, that's the definition of a draw, number one. Number two, um, again, you, you watch his, his stuff. And and I, I know, you know, when it comes down to this Hall of Fame thing, there's always a lot of uh, loopholes and this and that, and supposedly his mother's not, not okay with it, and, and, you know, his family is, is against it or whatever the case is. I, I just, it's one of those things, look, you don't have to go out of your way to, you know, try to draw in money off of it or, or use it as any kind of ploy or um, again, you, you really don't have to use it as any kind of money grab. It, his name just needs to be listed there. I, I don't give a fuck who likes it, who doesn't. Um, you know, what happened with Trent was completely tragic. And it's terrible when, when people are lost that way, you know, and they're not able to recover and, and battle out of that, that addiction. But what Trent loved and, and what Trent completely excelled at you know, as, as his, you know, his calling, what he was, he was doing out there was professional wrestling. So whether his family feels that they agreed with what it was or whatever, um, Trent did everything he could to excel at his craft. And, um, I, I feel being recognized for that. I don't think, um, when it comes to that, I don't think his family should even have a say in it. I mean, obviously you would love for his family to be on board and all of that stuff. But, I mean, if you, you just keep it low-key, do what you can do, gather as many of his friends as you can, like what they did. But they could have did that fucking a long time ago. Um, And it, and it's just going to be like, you know, it is what it is. The people who like it like it, the people who don't, don't. But he deserves to be honored straight up. Um, You know, J.C. Bailey's father, when he passed, he, he said, uh, you know, he always thanked me for having him on the show such a nice genuine dude and um he always said all i ever want is for you to keep my my son's name alive that that was that was incredibly important to him like don't let my son's name go away um maybe not everybody has those wishes for you know their their son you know when they're lost tragically you know you you turn on a lot of the things that you you want to maybe uh you know, call responsible for him not being here. Um, and again, I mean, that's, that's their call to make. That's their judgment. Um, there's, you know, nothing I could change or, or make any kind of better about their situation. Um, they obviously had way more of a connection than any of us could have ever had to him, you know, in real life. But when it comes to, again, being honored for his craft and what he excelled so well at, it has to be done. It just absolutely has to be done. I would have named, I would have renamed the best of the best tournament after him and all, all that shit, like right initially, right off the bat. Um, I think it's a shame, too, because when it comes down to the, if this is like a family blocking type thing, um, I 100% want to see best of Trent Acid DVDs out there fucking shirts all sorts of shit and, and let the money go to the family you know what i mean but um i i hate to see people forgotten 
that were that big of a staple within what they do. You know, if they were that big of a star, they made that big of an impact. And then for everybody to just go, yeah, let's just be quiet about that. Cause you know, the family doesn't, I, I, again, I'm sorry, but, um, these, these guys deserve to live on, deserve to be honored. So, um, they could choose to look away. I mean, if it's really that upsetting. And again, I, I think the money should go their way, but in the same token, uh, they they shouldn't be neglected. So, um, you know, as always, rest in peace, Trent Acid. Uh, the show I, I named in tribute to Trent because, again, this launched my fandom of, of the Indies, and it was such a tragic loss. But um, very, very late, ridiculously overlooked. I can't say that I'm not going to bring that up, <laughs> you know, next year and the year after when it comes to talking about the Hall of Fame and how long people were overlooked for. But it's something that needed to be done that's finally done. And I uh, very, very much appreciate that. Again, I refuse to think that it's a complete coincidence because I don't I don't remember another podcast out there on a yearly basis. Every time CZW Hall of Fame induction came around, I fucking talked over and over and uh, really didn't let up on that, including asking DJ myself multiple times on interviews. Um and I really harped on it because it was very, very important to me. So it's nothing I need credit for or anything like that. I just know I never let it go. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I'm really, really uh, proud to see his name up there. Well, well-deserved. Thanks, CZW, for finally putting them in there, DJ. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, that's pretty much all I got to say about that. Um the right thing to do um obviously again john fucking zandig not being in the tournament is a silly uh, not his tournament in the uh hall of fame is just a ridiculous fucking thing a- absolutely ridiculous he uh started the company you bought it off him yeah i mean it just be fucking realistic so uh yeah that's that's about all i'm gonna say about that uh, i'm gonna take a break real quick because i've been dying to play these fucking tracks for y'all too um so I'm going to throw this one down, and then I'll come back. I got a bunch of other shit to cover. Yo, stop frightening you and use your head. Let's go. Clap with the old tool. Trade dudes that take you back to the old school. Pain that is raw, rudely rapping gin. Uh, cane battle raw, coogee rap with wind. Better than most. But the better is both the truth. In the booth, little you get boots. Uh, I'm loading the full, homie. Gun son niggas now go to the store for me. No doubt, Sean is the better and better than most out, most out. Better be boy, beat me up, Scotty, the shotties for letting me boy. Sell crack in Iraq, that's the desert D-boy. Pocketless sweatpants, damn it, the man Leroy. Rap rules, peasants, paw, I'm getting the ah, the black bone record, man. Sandlot, man, 
Gambino's ball in a bead. Shitting on your plans to walk the yard where we eat. Rochambeau, your kids, airbag, your seats. Pricks, still cop nicks, smoke bees. High grade when hitting it works like old cheese. You be at the liquor store selling burn DVDs. My life cold as ice, Rick James. She Marie, used to be the smart guy. She Marie, now you cop eternity test for Marie. People who worked with him in Dojo Wars, whatever cases, oh, he's a good dude, all of that. That's cool. But I haven't seen shit that he's put out in the ring. And look, I haven't sat and watched a bunch of his fucking matches or shit. But um, anything he showed up and did in CZW, I don't think looked any kind of good. He was pretty much hitting people in the face with a cane at fucking uh, Cage of Death. I mean, I don't know. I've never really been impressed with him, um, ability-wise in the ring. His body looks like trash. And it's like another one of these, like, people just proud to walk around looking like trash and shit. Like, yeah, that's what it is. Like, he had the wired belt for whatever reason for a half a minute. And he's posing, like, naked with that shit, looking all fucking out of shape. And, you know what I mean? It, it, this is This is what CZW is realistically and um so he cuts this fucking promo and i guess kid osborne like attacked him and shit right so he's like holding the back of his head trying to sell his fucking injury or you know what i mean the beat down and uh he's got like a smirk on his face like he's smiling and shit like he looks like he's about to crack up laughing and it just goes on and on and it, it's just it's really bad. Like, really fucking bad. Um, I, I don't understand why you wouldn't just, like, look at that guy. Oh, yeah, that's that's not that good. Let's do it again. There's just, there's no standard. There's no actual pride in what these motherfuckers are doing. They just show up looking like shit. 
cut bullshit promos and just be like, yeah, all right, yeah, that'll do. They don't have anything better here, so it's not like someone's going to step up and take my spot because who the fuck's – no one's dying to get in CZW anymore. It's all the fucking students for the most part, and, you know, whatever else they make work that's, I guess, doable. It's just crazy. Fucking promo is trash. Um, What else? I got to fucking pull up these fucking questions real quick. Topics. Uh, Shane just sent me a, a picture of fucking CM Punk and June Kasai fucking standing together in fucking AC. That is wild shit, man. I love that fucking picture. That's dope as hell. <laughs> CM Punk over there with a Tracy Smothers shirt on. Fucking. Um, so let me see. So the GCW, uh, they said it couldn't be done is tomorrow, as, uh, you know, many people already know. I'm going to try to watch it live, um, which is why I definitely wanted to get this show in here, too, because uh, I don't want to try to cover all of this stuff later and have a show to cover you know, or a show to review. And um, I do plan on having Schlack on next week, as long as the schedule permits. Uh, we had talked about it a couple weeks back, and... So I'm definitely looking to have Schlack back on next week. And um, so again, like if I, I might, that might make it two shows, you know, where one show I'll interview Schlack, another show I'll do, you know, the review of GCW and uh, you know, we'll we'll figure out, try to throw some more content up there. But um, so I didn't want to have to try to squeeze this in, but uh, they got a lot of good shit booked. Obviously, you know, June Kasai and Alex Cologne being the uh, headliners. And just, I mean, Schlack and Nick Gage as as another big one. I, they're really uh, deathmatch heavy on the card, too. I think there's, like, another two, something like that. Because um, Tremont's on the show. Um, I think Marcus Crane's in, like, a three-way or a four-way or something. Yeah, it's it's crazy. They, they have some big shit booked for that show. So uh, I'm looking forward to it. Definitely looking forward to it. Anything Kasai definitely gets my attention. And uh, he's one of the very few that kind of somewhat draw me these days. And uh, so I'm I'm interested to see it. I know Alex is going to bust his ass out there. So, you know. Uh, yeah, that's that. So that's that. Um, I did not read the AEW card. I should have. But I, I haven't yet. We'll cover that next week. I think their show's in like fucking May. So, I mean, you know. Uh, let me see. Uh, Josh Crane, I, I guess, is getting some indie dates in uh in in the UK. But again, I don't I don't give a shit. Uh. Oh. Uh. All right. So uh, <laughs> Shane sending me some fucking matches for this. Marcus Crane, Eric Ryan, and Jimmy Lloyd in a three-way. Uh, Tremont versus G Raver. Shane Mercer versus Eli Everfly, which is going to be kind of silly because Shane Mercer is a goddamn animal. I saw some fucking videos he was doing. He's doing like fucking crazy shit, like squatting 600 pounds and just just fucking insane shit like that. 
I think the dude's benching like 600 pounds or some shit like that. Like he's he's a fucking animal. But uh, and then you got Eli Everfly, who's like, you know, good fit in his fucking uh, what do they call those fucking things? Yeah, uh, you know the, the the little fucking pouch, that shit. Um. So I, you know, you hope he doesn't bump him all over the fucking place where you know Mercer's diving all over the fucking floor for that. Um, Kyle the Beast versus Tracy Williams, I think is another one. Uh, yeah. So anyway, it, it'll definitely be uh, worth a watch based off of just even the first three things I said. Um, Teddy Hart's on the show too. Um, let me see. So yeah, um, fucking. Oh wow, Dickinson versus uh, Deppin's another one. Oh, I'm scrolling up this thing. I got to screenshot it because every time I scroll up, he sends me another message, and then I lose his fucking topics he so helpfully sent me. Um, but when I saw it, I, I saw another picture that he did. Uh, Shaheen, he's killing it with these fucking graphics. By no means is this a criticism of the graphics, but I noticed that um, there's a lot of syringes involved in in um, not just the uh, Shaheen graphics, but in a lot of the uh, June Kasai graphics these days. I hate that shit. Um, maybe he's been doing a lot of that. He's been doing a lot of syringe gimmick over there or whatever, but I fucking hate that gimmick. For some reason, it's just, I don't know. It's I don't like it. Um and it sends like a weird fucking image too. Like if you walk around with that shit on your shirt and you got syringes on there and shit, it's not to me. It doesn't strike me as cool. Like it got it's all fucked up and like glass and that you know barbed wire. That to me is like rough. Like syringes like leans more towards like fucking addict and shit. You know what I mean? Like so like to to the random eye like they glance and see a motherfuckers with syringes hanging out of them. You're like oh, okay, gotcha. And I know they did that, like, uh, I think they were, like, the murder junkies or some shit like that. And it, that was part of, like, their deal. But I don't know. I just I just don't fucking like it myself. Um, but, yeah, I mean, teach their own and um, just just not my deal. I happened to notice it a bunch and it was just like, eh, fucking definitely pulls me away from shit. Um, let me see. Uh, the Gage versus Steiner match, I think that's happening tonight. I definitely would like to see that. I'm hoping that shit ends up online somehow or I can get a link or something because uh, I'm surely not buying an ICW card. But um, Gage versus Steiner sounds fucking interesting. I hope they really go in with it. Um, obviously, you're not going to get, you know, <laughs> the same match as uh, Gage versus Schlack. But, I mean, uh, I-, I hope it gets fucking rough. That'd be nice. Um VOW is doing a non-death match or looking for a non-death match guy to be in their next tournament. Um, AR Fox is a guy who I've been dying to see more death match shit out of. I don't know if he was just like one and done with what he was doing, but AR Fox stepped up against Shane Strickland in that fucking um, Lucha Underground match. AR Fox did like a little bullshit show with that... um, fucking ace ace romero guy and did like one of those fucking uh i think he did like a spanish fly type thing off the fucking top rope through like a log cabin light tube log cabin 
table type shit. It was like a pretty crazy spot. You were like, oh, shit. And it just didn't seem like a big name show where it was like, oh, well, that's worth it. Like, it just looked like a complete waste of <laughs> tremendous risk and shit. So, um, I, again, I, I don't know the guy like that at all, but um, I would think, like, the right money would come across the right opportunity and maybe this guy would be down to do that type of shit. I don't know. He's definitely a guy that I would I would love to see more in that. Hey, oh, the other place he killed it was Cage of Death. When he did the Cage of Death match with Masada and all those other guys, like he fucking killed that match. He took so much of the shit that went on in that match. Um, he he really crushed it. So um, yeah, I'd like to see Ar Fox entered in one of these type of things. Um, let me see. Um, Mattel makes WWE drop Ambrose versus Nia Jax intergender angle. That, that's fucking crazy if that's the case. Um, you know, that that's what it came down to so much with WWE. It wasn't really even them being like, oh, you guys are pussies, this and that. Half of it was fucking sponsors. You know, that's the same shit that goes on with, um, like, television channels. Like, a lot of these cable networks, if they want to, they could say fuck up and down, all of that shit. They're not going to get banned by FCC. But what they're going to do is they're going to lose advertisements, and they're going to turn, you know, parents were like, oh, you can't watch that channel. So then it, you know, it limits their audience and shit based on just offending, you know, a few eyeballs here and there. So a lot of those cable networks could really do what they want, but it, it's based on, you know, more of their income around the show. Uh, so I think a lot of that's kind of like hand in hand. A lot of, you know, what WWE does is, is more like, where's the fucking money at? Yeah. Yeah. We could, we do attitude error shit, but what money goes away if we start trying to do some of that, you know, I think it's crazy. The, um, intergender thing being so off the table. Um, it's all supposed to be a work, right? I mean, it, it's supposed to be, uh, these guys are, you know, uh, performing, these guys and girls are performing. This is a show. Um, suspending disbelief, you know, suddenly becomes like a terrible thing where it's like, oh, but what if we think it's real? Like, yeah, what if, well, what if you did? I mean, it would probably help the show a little bit, you know, if it, if it looked believable. You know, and, and one of the things that definitely brings shock and awe right away is a, is a man, you know, um, throwing a woman around. So a lot of times in wrestling angles, when you have... Um, you know, a woman taking a bump here and there, you're like that, you know, the people who are really buying in are like that motherfucker. I, I can't wait till this other guy gets revenge on that guy, man. He just threw her through a fucking table. I mean, how many times did the Dudleys bump chicks all over the place just so someone else could go try to get revenge on them? And I mean, it, it it's always been part of wrestling. So now when it's like, uh, these guys are going to have an actual match where it's, you know, it's, um, I don't want to say just, you know, evenly matched, but they both have their strengths. So now it's, you know, they're most of the time it's, you know, the guy is the more powerful and, and the girl could out quick them and, you know, and try to outthink them in the ring and stuff like that. So, you know, it, it's definitely a style of wrestling that's to be respected. Um, I think the same way it goes for like a small guy and a big guy. And you know, like I was saying with uh, Shane Mercer and Eli Everfly, you know, if Eli is bumping him all over the place, he's, He's doing dives on Shane, and Shane's flying backwards. Like, this fucking guy is, like, bench-pressing 600 pounds. So when this guy that, that tops out at fucking 115 pounds, 
um, if he's been eating heavily this week. Um, like after Thanksgiving, he weighs 115 pounds. You know, I mean, I, I'm not going to buy that. That's, that's kind of bullshit. Like he should try to do a dive on him, but Mercer should catch him and throw him against the fucking guardrail every time. You know I mean? That's, that's just how I feel about it, you know? So, um, the same goes for intergender wrestling. There's a right way and a wrong way to do it. Um, not say that the girl can't, you know, catch some wins, but they got to become, they got to come by crafty wrestling or, you know, um, out speeding or maneuvering the, the stronger opponent, you know, it's got to be done in a very clever way and a way that works and doesn't insult the intelligence of the fans. So that, that's how I feel about it. And then when you got, you know, like a Nia Jax, she's fucking big. So she could hit legitimately big, strong, fucking impactful moves and strikes. You know, they, they could book that shit in a way where it's like, oh, she just fucking crushed his head with that fucking chair. You know, the spot in the corner. Or, you know, there, there's a lot of things they could do. But again, if the, the sponsors start bugging out over it, I mean, it, that's kind of to be expected. Um, um, Extremo and Sickle Play don't look like they're coming back. Uh, I guess they signed a Triple A contract. So um, I mean, good for them. They've done everything they had to do as far as death matches go, and I don't think they're doing like deathmatch death stuff for AAA. They're probably doing like straight up matches because those guys could wrestle. I mean, I could be wrong because I know nothing about what they're doing over there. But um, yeah, I mean, it is what it is. Um. Oh yeah. Uh, so anyway, as far as the CCW Hall of Fame and the people who were in attendance, um, wife beater was there. Uh, Missy Sampson, um, I, I believe, received the plaque. Um, Nick Burke uh, did, like, the announcing or um, introduction to the induction type thing. Um, or or the induction, I guess that would be considered, right? So, Nick Burke did that. Um, Missy accepted the thing. They had, you know, Ian Knox was there. Obviously, you had Messiah and Dutt and... B-Boy and you know all those guys so they had pretty much the high five in attendance um, minus Johnny um, and then uh, yeah Dewey uh, and uh, Z-Bar was there Z-Bar looks fat as fuck and um, just as obnoxious as he ever has been um, so I mean I always, I always um, enjoy when a guy that I didn't get along with is fat or smoking or anything reckless. It just looks good for me. You know, like I enjoy it when someone um, who's been shitty looks shitty and is just clearly not doing really well and still doing like suck it signs and pictures and stuff like that. That makes me happy because I like to see people that, that I'm not like big fans of um, and have said disrespectful things to me, to be you know honest, where, it's not just like, oh, I don't like him as a wrestler, so I hope he dies. Not like, you know, when people say certain shit about me or my family or, you know, uh, act in a disrespectful manner that way, then, yeah, like, I, I hope his heart stops, you know? Like, I, I hope, like, his cholesterol gets to a point where he just, like, clogs arteries and fucking falls out, you know? And maybe he'll be doing that, like, that suck it sign thing 
and that'll be the thing. That would be the perfect death, you know, is if he did that, like, eh, suck it for the millionth time, like, fucking 30 years later, and then he just grabs his chest and falls into, like, the Dorito display in fucking 7-Eleven. That'd be perfect. Um, so, yeah, I, I noticed that, but <laughs> I uh, clearly noticed uh, him in attendance. Um, what else? Oh, AEW signs uh, Sonny Kiss. Um, good. I mean, the dude's really talented. Um, just tremendous wrestler. I mean, really, you know, top-notch talent. I saw him at an on-point show. And, like, you know, like, the, the the twerking and all that shit's a little much for me. Like, I look and I, like, I gotta, like, at some point I just gotta start, like, hysterically laughing at it because it just looks looks funny to me. You know what I mean? when a dude's like twerking, you know, regardless of your lifestyle or whatever, like it's just, I don't know, it, that just comes off funny to me. Um, but talent wise, the dude is, is top notch talent. You know, I've seen him do, uh, like really, really crisp fucking shit in that ring. You know, like his fucking head scissors and the different shit he's doing is just like lightning quick point. The dude's in great fucking shape. And, um, yeah, I mean, great for him. I, I don't know why, um, AEW, would catch any kind of backlash if anything if anything it would bring exposure to them as being you know the equal opportunity and all that type of thing i don't really see anybody really shunning sunny kiss so you know i don't know if it really separates them from many but it does if they they wind up really excelling on a a large stage and mainstream i think that definitely um you know that that helps um, GCW and Freedoms happen to be working together. Um, I don't really know that much about it, but that's great. You know, obviously they've done some crossover stuff. They brought over quite a few people, and uh, Kasai being like the big fucking um get, you know, the biggest of all gets that you can get over there. So it can't be a bad thing. Um. <laughs> Shaheen wants to know why Don Tony is worried about smaller podcasts like his and still takes jabs at him after three years. Well, the thing is, is um, I don't understand. I've never understand and will never understand um, why people still listen to Don Tony and not only listen to Don Tony, like these motherfuckers make like legitimate money off that podcast. Like people are paying to listen to this fucking dude. And I'll, I'll tell you straight up. I used to listen to the Don Tony and Kevin Castle show and, um, I used to, it was like hate listening. Like every week I'd be like these motherfuckers. Like, um, Kevin always sounded like sedated and like, he didn't want to be there. Like he lost a bet every week that landed him on the show. And he would just be like, Oh, fucking kill me. Like he just, he just seemed like depressed every minute. Like I didn't mind him at nearly as much. Sometimes he got like a little too bothered and he'd whine through half the show. And, uh, like, he, he just seemed, like, very annoyed by everything. Um, and then uh, Don Tony's just, like, he uses the same fucking catchphrases over and over. He, he's, he's, like, blatantly racist. He says stupid shit on a regular basis. And, like, he's just got, like, a real high and mighty fucking attitude. Um, his little fucking exposure to the wrestling business where he, like, was a money mark for uh, the masked maniac 
and uh, did little spots on his show, and it was like the Deli Man and all that dull dumb shit. You know, USA Pro was running like fucking six hour shows, so the fact that he got to be a part of that and drive people to the airport and shit, like, and pay for their flight or whatever the case is, like that's, I, that that's hardly something that gives you like a higher uh, understanding of the, of the wrestling business. Um, he's always been fucking ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous. And again, like, I just, I'll never in a million years understand why people, including Shaheen, I never understand why you would just listen to it every fucking week, knowing he's racist, knowing you don't like him, but then, like, just fucking tune back in. I'd imagine I get a lot of listeners like that, too, though, because motherfuckers hate me, (laughs) but motherfuckers be listening on the low. They don't tell their friends and shit. (laughs) Next thing you know, they're just, like, undercover mad. What are you mad at? Nothing. It's not fucking. I mean, you're just listening to your headphones. Now you're mad. What are you, what are you mad at? Not fucking. Nothing. Just fuck it. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I don't know. Again, I, I, you know, I hate listened for a while. So I guess maybe there's that. But it can't be his entire audience. Some people legitimately like that shit to, to a very high extent. So it's, it's. It's just uh, crazy to me. I guess they, they're getting some kind of other radio deal or some kind of shit. Like, these, these dudes are getting legitimately paid for it. You know? Um, uh, I don't even know these dudes' names. Uh, Bandito and the other dude uh, trade 75 Canadian destroyers and no-sell them. One is enough is enough with the no-selling and wrestling. Um... See, this is the thing, like, I, I think if it's done well, I'm good with it. I'm good with it, like, the PWG style, um, because a lot of that shit was, I mean, that stuff was born in Japan, you know, with, with the uh, Masawa Kawada, Masawa Kabashi, you know, all of that shit where these motherfuckers are just fucking head drop German, dude, fucking pop up, rah, fucking just hit this motherfucker, like, dead in the face, you see his sweat fly off the dude's face, fucking dude rile up, bam, drop him on his head with another German, you know what I mean, like, and you go back and forth, oh, I'm fucking riled up, you know, adrenaline, you can't stop me, you can't stop me, and then it would be, like, the big move, boom, to fucking end that sequence, you know what I mean, so that, it, there was, like, a, there was a, a rhyme and a rhythm to it, you know, there was, there was something to it, where it, it kind of had its beats and then it came to a close. Um, there's some that do use or unorganized chaos, you know, where the matches are just, everything's non-selling and there's really nothing to cap it. I was talking to uh, Sozio about that when we were talking about, I think it was like the John Silver Strickland and somebody else match, Rich Swan maybe at um, Cage of Death. And it was like, to me, there was no real rhythm to that match. There was no, um, there was no catch. There was no good, like, uh, exclamation points on what they were doing. Um, so I think, you know, depending on what it is, will would depend on how much it makes sense and, and what enough is enough is it really depends on the match. But I mean, if you're just no selling, no selling, no selling, just for the sake of doing it, then I mean, yeah. I really think it's an individual match thing. I just don't think uh, you could look at it and go, oh, uh, everything's gone too far. Like, I understand why, you know, people are saying that because on a lot of fronts, it, it does look that way. 
But um, yeah, I I don't know. Some of the shit gets a bad rap, you know, gets lumped in with the other stuff that just plain sucks. And again, uh, half the time it's just a style that people don't like. You know, so if you don't like that style, I mean, the same thing. You know, people see blood and shit, and all oh, this garbage wrestling and all that. But like the spot wrestling is, you know, is not for some people too. I don't know, teach their own. Um, I'm good with spot wrestling. Obviously, I'm good with deathmatch wrestling. But um, there's a wrong way to do both of those things. That just looks like trash. So, um, GCW sold out Philly in one day with no announcements on a fucking uh, on a card on anything. So I mean, yeah, I mean they're they're on that type of roll. They're on that type of roll where um, their product speaks for itself. And if they pop up in a spot that people have been waiting to see them at, they're just buying tickets. Because they know GCW is not going to put on, you know, a, a shindy card or, you know, kind of an off month. They really don't do much of that. They really just go 100 miles an hour every show. On the indies, I've always felt that, like, you had to do that. Because, I mean, there were years, even in the, the great CCW years, that I would attend fucking, uh, you know, one month. And you'd be talking to the guys in the parking lot afterwards, like, dude, that's, that show wasn't really that good. And they're like, yeah, yeah, I know. It's just like they're, they're just building towards next show. I hear you, but fuck, man. Like, it still costs me the same amount of money, and you still got to drive fucking an hour and a half, two hours here, and I still got to fucking leave work early, and I still got to pay all these fucking tolls on the way here and the front row tickets and the this and the that, like, it's the same amount of fucking money for you to be charging for a build show. It doesn't, that doesn't get you more people the next month. It might get you less of the people who invested in the shit this month. That was just trying to hype up next month. You know what I mean? Like the people who are there are going to be there. You might as well give them their motherfucking money's worth. So, um, it's good to see GCW doing that. I, they really need to get a writing staff together and put together like fucking, some angles, storylines. It doesn't have to be every match on the card is in a story, but like get get like fucking two three angles running at a time. You know, I mean, it really couldn't hurt. You know, people it, just like any other wrestling company. You know, uh, people are gonna not be able to make shows and this and that. Not everything works out, but you roll with the fucking punches. Get some stories together and make this shit really stick with people. Because they're, they're putting on the match caliber that'll stick with people, but there's nothing else around it that makes it really impact as far as, like, a longevity and uh, sometimes a storyline will remind you about the match itself, you know, and the way that they did this and that and came together and culminated in this match. It, you know, it sometimes can mean a lot more when they do all that over-the-top shit and they had a feud going that built to it. Yeah, it's just... I don't know. Common sense shit. Super cards are great, but you know, um, that's that's always been my one criticism. One of my criticisms about GCW, and that sometimes they just top themselves, you know, because they just have so many big fucking death matches on one show that like, you know, match three is fucking crazy, and he's got guys got scars for life based off of it. But um, by the time the night's over, no one's even gonna remember that match because. You know, now they got a 200 light tube match and you guys only used fucking 65 of them, which is quite a few fucking 
light tubes, but if the main event's fucking 200, your 65 really didn't land that way. You know what I mean? It it just sometimes it, it, it shits on their own, uh, you know, product. Stepping on their own shoes and shit. So, um, where do I see Mance Warner in three years? I don't know. I mean, anybody's it's anybody's ball game these days. Um, Gene's asking if if I think uh, you know, he'll wind up in the WWE or something. Anything's possible. I mean, the the world is kind of wide open as far as uh, indie wrestling to to evolve to um. NXT, there's like a really smooth link there. I really think it's cool as fuck that Evolve is doing those shows. I haven't watched any of it, but um, I think for the indies, I think it's awesome that WWE has that relationship. And you can have straight up indie workers, guys that aren't signed by the WWE, wrestling these NXT guys. And I mean, obviously, if WWE wanted to, they could send any one of their guys down there. But they're doing that, you know, with a lot of NXT guys and, and guys that are, you know, on the main roster. But they're definitely not, you know, they're not putting Cena on the fucking uh, Evolve show or anything. But I think it's really cool because they're, they're putting these matchups on and you're getting to see these guys that you thought were just pulled off the table. Because for the most part, you know, the indies say goodbye to the guy and then you hope that, you know, the right thing is done on TV and you get to see them still, you know, work this style and the way that you, you were used to seeing them. But now they get to touch base again back at the Indies and work Evolve shows. And what a what a great platform that is for whoever they're putting up against because now all eyes are on that guy that's that's working one of their guys and with one of their guys that's that's on the on the T V, you know. So I I thought that was cool when I saw that. It, it, they've been doing it for a while, but they're doing it more and more. I think, uh, I think Adam Cole's on one of their upcoming ones. Um, yeah. So I think that's just about all I got. Let me see what the fuck, uh, let me see. Uh, Shane sent me the clip of what I'm, uh, what he's talking about with the, uh, the no selling. Yeah, this is just badly done. It's gimmicky. It, it's like they're just doing a Canadian destroyers back and forth, jumping up. The other guy hits a Canadian destroyer, jump up. Other guy hits a Canadian destroyer. It, it's just, it's just really gimmicky. It's, it becomes almost a comedy match at that point because they're doing, you know, back and forth and back and forth. And who's going to hit it? You're going to hit it. He's going to hit it. Reverse. He hits it again. Like it, it becomes just kind of silly at some point. Um, I, I don't think that's well executed as far as just being, you know, part of a match that you're going to now care about. Cause I think you kind of blow your whole shit that way. But uh, again, that's just, just the way I look at it. I, I see that and go, eh, that's, that's, not all that fucking attractive as far as a match but um yeah so that's that uh what else do i got um oh russell asked me about nfl free J- free agency um flacco signed over there with uh denver i think that's a good move i i really think that's a good move i don't think flacco was done um sure he's not like the fucking guy he's not like the future of denver but i think he's a guy who can compete I think the Ravens weren't like a complete joke with him as a starter last year. He went out, um, 
you know, and and they got their quarterback in the future now, and you know, made the playoffs. They made the playoffs, right? Um, I think so. Um, I don't know why I can't remember that shit. Or they were right up there competing for the playoffs. I know they definitely had that late season push. They obviously didn't get past week one, but um, but yeah, like. I, I think Flacco's got a lot to teach as far as the others, uh, you know, that come up. Um, they can go draft a quarterback and to have Flacco up there teaching them. I think that's an excellent, excellent uh, veteran to to lead your team into the future. Uh, I don't know what else happened. Uh, I know I talk about Kareem Hunt signed over with the, uh, the Browns, right? Did he sign with the Browns? Hmm. Yeah, I think it was the Browns. I don't know. Um, so there's that. I mean, there's a lot of talk and everything. So I, I don't, I haven't seen that many uh, like big, big like moves. I don't know that they could actually officially make moves either. I think it's like March something, and then they could officially make moves. But the Flacco thing is like gonna happen as soon as it can. Um, Antonio Brown, you know, he has this fucking domestic thing looming. I'm really not worried about the dude's diva attitude or anything like that. I'm coming to San Francisco if if we're looking at that. I, I just, I, I don't think it's as big of a deal. I just don't uh, as far as the diva shit. Because I, I think he's going to go over there. He's like excited about being there. I think the diva shit starts more when the relationship starts going south. So once things, you know, where a guy's not happy and this and that, the money talks and he just decides he doesn't really want to tolerate the shit, then he just becomes like a problem on the field or off the field or whatever the case is where he's disruptive, you know. Um, but either way, Dew is one of the absolute top receivers in the NFL. And if he's able to, um, you know, be a part of our team over there, I mean, Jimmy with that fucking guy to throw to, a lot of our other receivers, they were, you know, not big, big names. And even Goodwin, Goodwin stepped up quite a bit. So to have those guys as number two and number three guys and stuff like that with Antonio Brown as like a main target, even if he draws a double team, that opens our whole fucking offense up. So I'm all for it, minus the domestic shit. Because if it winds up where, yeah, he's, he's fucking hitting women or something like that, then we, we don't need to go down that road. It's like, we're fucking plagued with that. We keep getting these guys and then it's like, yeah, we got to tell them to go fuck themselves. Cause you know, they just, they just hit a chick or something. And you know, I mean, rightfully so I, I am, I'm all for them getting rid of these fucking guys, but why can we not stop getting these fucking guys? So they need to do the investigation there and figure out what's what. Um, I had heard that like, you know, it was some shit that he wasn't even arrested for. And, um, you know, there was no uh, substantial evidence or, or what have you. Uh, at least that's what I heard. Um, but uh, so, you know, there's that thing. Uh, LeVon Bell is obviously going to wind up somewhere. Um, yeah, I heard different rumors this way and that. Um, I mean, people are saying, like, the fucking Pats are going to go after him. If the Pats wind up with LeVon Bell, man, it's a fucking problem, man. These guys... <laughs> These guys do not let the fucking foot off the gas. They go fucking win the Super Bowl and turn around and get one of the best running backs in the league that's just had a year off. I think I think he got problems. Um, so we'll see what happens. 
definitely see what happens. Um, I've also, um, yeah, I've heard a couple different rumors and stuff, and um, we're just going to see how it plays out. I would love for us to find a way to get Boza at number two, but it is what it is. Well, you know, we got that shit. We could trade down if we want. Um, we could hold that two spot and grab something else, but the the possibility of we get Boza is if Arizona trades down for someone else to jump up for a quarterback at one. And if they do that, then Boza's ours. But um, more likely is going to be Boza just goes at one. So, But uh, I think our defense is going to be monstrous um, with some of the things that they're talking about. And, uh, you know, if we add that, that edge rusher, whether it be Boza or there's another guy, I forget what his name is. I'm not a college uh, college fan. But if we add that guy on the fucking edge and allow DeForest Buckner to just get the fuck in there while they're trying to double team the edge rusher. Yeah, it's, it's, it's again, it's problems. Solomon Thomas really hasn't come through at all. We drafted him way fucking high and uh, he hasn't done shit. So maybe again, maybe the edge rusher really opens this guy up. And he just fucking, he, he suddenly shows what he's got. I hope, but uh, time will tell. We'll find out. Uh, I get super excited about the uh, NFL moves and all this shit. Preseason gets me fucking hyped, or postseason, whatever you want to call it. In between, gets me all sorts of fucking hyped, and then we have, like, crazy amount of fucking months left before football even starts. So, uh, yeah. I always wish the season was longer, but, you know, injuries and everything like that, you're only going to get a couple more weeks tops. But, uh... But yeah, um, I think that's about all I got. Um, I just uh, I hit up uh, Deshaun Pratt earlier, and uh, he's another guy who I want to have on. And uh, he was formerly a masses of the uh, Osirian portal. And you know, I've been a fan of them for a while. Those guys were absolutely crushing it, and. Uh, so he uh, he just hit me back and said that he'd love to be on an episode. So I'm definitely going to have him on soon. Uh, yeah, yeah, I mentioned the uh, Kasai. Uh, Kasai and Punk over there. And uh, AC is, is like a crazy, crazy fucking picture. I love that shit. Um, yeah, I, I don't know about uh, GCW's uh, <laughs> ability to pull him in the fucking show door. Yeah, even the wave of the fucking fans. But uh, I mean, you see him out there posing with fucking uh wrestlers, wearing a wrestling T-shirt. You know, it, it confirms to me it's like I, I really don't think he ever really hated wrestling. I think the dude maintained being the best fucking heel in the business, even when he wasn't in the business. That that's my thought on CM Punk as far as his statements overall. I've always been a huge Punk fan. Uh, I've maintained being a huge Punk fan even when uh, he was shitting on wrestling and all that. Because, I mean, I do the same fucking thing. So, I, <laughs> I can't, like, go, oh, what the fuck, man? I love wrestling. Like, no, I'm not. I'm not that guy. But, um, I mean, it's a shame to see him get his fucking 
head bashed in in fucking UFC. But I mean, if that's what he wants to do and uh, not be ready for what the fuck's going on, then then that's what happens. I mean, those guys don't play around. You get some fucking top notch guys like fucking uh, Tito Ortiz or Chuck Liddell. Those guys were like the top of the fucking sport, and then one day it was like, oh. You're not good enough anymore. This guy beats the shit out of you, and now you can go to Bellator if you're lucky. Like, it's just the way the fucking sport works. So, like, you can catch a little window where you dominate for a bit, and then it's like, oh, you can't even be here at all. Like, Ronda Rousey went from, like, unfucking stoppable to, oh, there's a whole list of chicks that can beat the shit out of her. It's just, it's wild the way that goes. I don't think Punk's going to find that window to be successful in it. But if it's something he wanted to knock off the bucket list, he didn't need the money, he didn't anything, he just wanted to fucking do it, then good for him. Um, I always, you know, hope he returns to wrestling because, uh, you know, what his, his contributions to what he does on the mic and, and just overall storyline-wise, um, he's one of the best at that. I think he's a good wrestler. You know, he, he competes very well. Um, he's able to, like, really put matches together well. He might not be, like, the best to do every move on the planet, but the way he puts matches together, I think, work really well. Like, if you went back and you watched some of, like, the Punk-Cena matches, it's like Cena was getting all this criticism for, all oh, he just does five moves and fucking it's the same old shit every match and this and that. His fucking Punk matches were fucking dope. Like, they went back and forth on some real shit, and it really had... Cena working like an indie type style you know I mean the the way that they were going back and forth and I I really enjoyed those matches and uh I mean tons of shit that Punk's done but um so of course you know I'd I'd love to see him back in in wrestling but even to make appearances and stuff I think it'd be cool um you know I saw him live back in my ring of honor attending days and stuff and yeah even when he stopped by CCW but um but yeah, I, I think that's a cool ass picture at the very least. If that's all it is, that's all it is. But uh I think that's a cool ass picture. So uh um yeah, again, uh Shane's asking about, you know, do I think he'll do blood sport? I again if they can get him in the building, they can get him interested in some kind of thing, I think that'd be pretty fucking cool. Um He does not need the money. It's gonna have to be something he just wants to do. Um, side might help. I mean, he's, he's definitely a good friend of sides. I don't know what kind of relationship he has with Danny DeMano or, or any of that, but, um, yeah, again, I, I wish anybody luck that gets CM Punk back in the ring. I, I will doubt it until it happens just because his, you know, uh, his dedication to not doing it has been pretty fucking strong. But uh, like I said, even in an appearance would be a big fucking nod to GCW to get like a quick fucking CM Punk's in attendance. Oh, he's he's commentating the fucking main event. Yeah, I mean, who knows? Uh, so we'll see. I I think if you see him anywhere in GCW this weekend, I think it'll be guest commentating or some shit like that. Um, something. Yeah, but that would be dope. That would be so dope. So uh. How fucking crazy would it be to have fucking uh the the Kasai fucking uh Kasai fucking cologne match to end fucking lights go out, CM Punk comes on and goes, Yeah, like 
one one thing I always want to knock off my fucking bucket list is I saw this crazy monkey fucking tearing it up all over the world while I called myself the best in the world. One thing I'm going to knock off my fucking list is I want you at fucking uh, Joey's fucking spring break weekend. (laughs) That shit would fucking... I mean, they'd have people trying to cut holes in the side of the building to watch the fucking sold-out show. (laughs) I mean, obviously far, 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 far far-fetched, but you can fucking... You can uh, dream book while you're fucking uh, fans of the sport. So... But I'm not a fan, so never mind. Um, yeah, that's all I got. Uh, like I said, Shaq will be on next week. Um, I definitely am going to set up this Deshaun Pratt show because I got a lot of questions for him. I think he's a good dude, um, and uh, he's done a lot of really cool shit. Check out Shaheen Hot Tag Podcast, and um, definitely the Nuclear Heat Graphics. He's out there selling all sorts of shit. He designed shirts to Kasai's selling. He's doing fucking Kasai graphics all over the place. Um, still waiting on that fucking next Muppet thing, but I know he's got a busy weekend now with GCW, so I'm hoping once the smoke clears from that, he'll be on that uh, number three Muppet illustration, and uh, he wrapped that up. So all three can be ordered as, as a good trio to put next side-by-side side on the wall to get a big... Uh, like a Muppet stretch on your wall, um, which is exactly what I'm doing. Um, check out Jeremy, and I got your five stars. He's over there doing doing what he does. Check him out. Big shout out to him as always. You know he's he's always killing it on my fucking uh, descriptions. You notice when I do this fucking show, when I do it live, I I just write the word Yakuza, maybe some exclamation marks in there. Cause that's, it's, I'm just filling space. Like they, they require you to fill those blanks in before you hit, like start the show. You have to do that. I'd be like, you didn't fill in the required field. So I do that just like for technicality. And then you notice the next day, there's a whole fucking rundown. That's, that's all Jeremy. Jeremy's the fucking man with that shit. Um, always appreciate that shit. Can't say it enough. Uh, and check out the homie deathmatch Russell. The Death Match Russell podcast, as always. Um, you heard him here earlier this week, and uh, I learned a lot. And uh, I'm definitely going to have him back on in the future. So, um, anybody who didn't go check out that show, go check out that show. If you checked it out and you fucking loved it, you had a great time with it. Check out the Deathmatch Russell podcast. There's some fucking gems on that motherfucker. That's that's all I'm going to say and let you guys figure that shit out for yourself because uh, classic. That's why I had him on. Shit was classic to me. So I uh, had a great time with that. Again, uh, plan on a couple shows next week with a GCW review, another Slack show, all of this other thing. Set up the Deshaun interview for possibly the week after. So uh, keep this fucking ball rolling. Uh no hiatus in the near future. And we'll talk about it three weeks from now. I'll probably be on hiatus. But, uh, yeah, that's all I got. Talk to y'all motherfuckers later. Peace. Talk to y'all later. Have a nice night. Stay dry. It's raining again. I'm tired of rain. Makes my grass green. I won't complain about that. That's all I gotta say.
I'm out of here. I love all of y'all and, uh, shit. You're all a bunch of fucking assholes. Keep it in the gym, bro. You know why? DJ Hyde, fuck you. You don't have the guts to be what you want to be. You need people like me. I'll listen to your, to your podcast and I'll find everything out. You know what I mean? You need people like me so you can point your fucking fingers and say, that's the bad guy. So, what I make you? Good. Like Jesus tell me, tells me all the time to listen to what you got to say because you be blazing people. And I'm like, well, I got to hear it now. <laughs> you just know how to hide it. Me, I don't have that problem. Me, I always tell a truth, even when I lie. The Cusa Kids Radio. Jesus! A sacred night to the back guy. I'm gonna tell you something straight off the motherfucking press. I ain't coming for no fools. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just gonna circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.